It's a blast from the past. The man with the Midas touch, Jita Singh, is our guest on this episode. Singapore national team's youngest ever head coach, Jita Singh is in the studio and we get through a host of topics with him. How did being part of the pioneer batch of NS recruits shape his coaching style, his pride representing the country and why getting back to the Malaysia Cup is not the solution to our current problems. All these and more on this episode. Hi and welcome to the final whistle. This is Deepan. This is Kabir. Today's episode is powered by ActiveFit. ActiveFit is an online sports and fitness store providing apparels, equipment as well as recovery tools, which is a forgotten but essential element for fitness enthusiasts. That's right. You can now enjoy a discount of 10% when you shop with ActiveFit if you use our unique promo code, hashtag TFinalWhistle. Visit ActiveFit.com, that's A-K-T-I-V-E-F-I-T dot com now. Kabir, in almost every industry, we have pioneers, uh, the ones who lead the way or, or led the way, I would say. Of course, one example I can name in world football is perhaps uh, Arsene Wenger who showed mm. the way in terms of sports science uh, when he came into English football as an Arsenal manager. Uh, what or who comes to your mind in the context of Singapore football when I say pioneer? Uh, to be honest, I've never really thought about it. Uh. I, I feel that when I was growing up, it was more about the players. Mm-hmm. Like those, those players uh, we grew up at a time where the players were always in the limelight. It was what? Pandi, Malik, Awap, yes. um, all these players. Lah. And of course, I've read about the legendary, legendary coaches and players in our history. But yeah, actually, you never really thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I would say uh, I'm not uh, afraid to, uh, uh. to admit that I, I'm of a similar uh, thinking. But I personally think it's important mm. to highlight the significance and impact made by of some course, of man, our older sure. members I of mean, the Singapore football community. I mean, they they paved the way for the players that we exactly, grew up yeah, to. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. and our guest today, he's definitely one person who has paved the way for coaches in Singapore, players yeah. in fact. He he allowed his fellow countrymen to dream uh, when it comes to coaching. Uh, I say that because he split for the Lions for five years from 1969 to 1973, after which he became the youngest national team coach when he led Singapore at the age of 29 in his first assignment. Yeah, and he guided the Lions to victory in the 1980 Malaysia Cup, as well as two Southeast Asian Sea Games silver medals in 1983 and 1989. And uh, he's, of course, been hailed as the man with the Midas touch. We have with us today, Mr. Jita Singh. Welcome to the final whistle, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for the invite. It's you, a you pleasure like always talking about football. Memory lane, uh, as, we, as we mentioned all the, the dialects. <laughs> of course, of course. Because, uh, you know, if you want to compare currently as, the, as to the past, uh, mm-hmm. a vast difference, uh, mm-hmm. right? Because times have changed. Yes. Football has evolved. Mm-hmm. Even when I was playing, it was more based on individuals rather than uh, teamwork or tactics. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. See, until 1974, when Johan Kraft came and brought in the uh, total, total football, football yeah. then things started to change. Yes. Right? Uh, so before that, you have a lot of household names. And even when I was playing and coaching, we had a lot of uh, household names like the late Dola Kasim, Raja Gele, Camel, yeah. uh, Raja Gopal, you know. Uh, then you're Hasli Ibrahim and all these people. Mm-hmm. So 
today, sad to say, if you say the national team, I mean, sometimes I, I talk with people and then they will ask me, hey, who, who are the boys now in the national team? Mm-hmm. It's hard to... Hard to mention, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you can't really recollect. Number mm-hmm. one, because they are not consistent. Mm-hmm. The players of yesteryears, uh, they were very consistent. That's why you have the crowd coming in always. Mm-hmm. Because there is one game where, no, I would say, there is yet one game where you don't find, say, Sama Alapiche playing or Said Mutale playing or Eric Payne not playing. Mm. Unless, of course, they are carded or uh, they're injured. Okay? Same with Malaysia. You have Sochinan, Mokta, Dari, Santok, Singh, Arumugam. You mentioned names. Thailand. Same. But today, it's a bit different. Right? Yeah. Because why? The game has evolved. It's more based on teamwork. Yep. Okay? So, I need you, you need me, that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not just one-man show. Okay? Now, we still remember Fandi Ahmad, Sundra Murthy, right? And then, okay, currently maybe Haris Harun. Yes. But Haris Harun because he has made his mark in Malaysia, Malaysia yes. JDT, mm-hmm. right? But what about even uh, some of our players who went overseas, they are still, you know, like non-entities. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, unlike in the past, Majid Arif, he has gone to, oh, he has gone overseas. Still, you know, uh, he maintains his uh, image. Uh, so, uh, I would say, uh, it was good for that era. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I cannot say that because I was successful in the past, I will be successful now. Mm-hmm. It's not true. We have yeah. to adjust according to the generations as yes. well. So, so we'll, we'll get started with, uh, you know, what are you up to right now? I think listeners will want to know uh, what you're up to right now in terms of, uh, are you taking up any roles at the moment? And Well, uh, I've been approached several times by some of my students because mm. uh, I was a FIFA and coaching, coach education instructor and also with AFC. So I've conducted uh, numerous courses in Asia. So some of my students are now looking after clubs or some national teams. So if they have any advice they need, they will call me and all on a pro bono basis. Lah. Okay. Uh, and then in Singapore also, there's one uh, uh, on team, Circuit GDTFC. Uh, they are quite strong in the women's side, uh, but they have an island-wide team and some youth uh, age group teams. Mm. So they've approached me to say, can you guide us? I, I don't mind because why? It is in the blood. Lah. <laughs> I cannot divorce yes. it from it. Except for her, lah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is like that, lah. Okay. That I'm doing in football, yeah. Okay. So for you now, it's still just a, you go you go go back to basics. That is still your passion to just help out. Yes. Um. When 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 you know, uh, I think it, it it's a novel game, you know, right? And especially in Singapore, I think that's a, this is the only game which can unite the country. Mm. All right, regardless of race, religion. Right. Cool. Okay. And for us, uh, and also it draws, uh, it is the number one spot in the world, spectatorship-wise. Yeah. So when, when someone is really into it and uh, he needs advice, he needs help, then I think we should be forthcoming like, because this is something given by God. Yeah. So we should share with everyone. But at the same time, we also need to keep abreast because whatever I learned during my, my early days in football, I cannot use the same now mm. because the game has evolved. Yeah. 
So I have to keep also in touch with the latest. Mm-hmm. Then that will be proper advice. So as as always, I think one one thing that we like to uh, touch on is you know people's journey or rather footballers' journey into football. Because for yourself, uh, you've had quite a long time in football itself as a player and then as a coach, uh, and then as an educator. I would say, where did your journey start uh, into football? And also, was it something that you always had an ambition to become a footballer, or is it something that you chanced upon? I would say. Oh, okay. Well, I've been involved in football for more than 50 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I was an athlete. Athlete, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, we were in the same school myself, the late Dola Kasim. Okay. Oh. Uh, Abu Suja, Abu Fandi's Abu uncle. Srengun English those days. Now it's called <laughs> Srengun Secondary. Okay. <laughs> so, I was a track and field man and also uh, cross country, you know, those days. Uh, so, I was good in that. I also play sport, uh, hockey. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, football, right? But uh, basically, uh, I had the love for football more than uh, what do you call the track and field or, or athletics or, or hockey. Uh, because like in football, right? It's just getting down to the field and then you play, right? I played for the school and also the, those days they have inter-district, you know? Okay. So I played for the district as well. Because my school had a very good hockey team. Most of the players were from Jensen Knights. Mm. You know, Upper Srengun. Huh? So, the good hockey players. And uh, I find Leche because I was uh, a goalkeeper in hockey, you know. Okay. So, I have to carry the pads <laughs> thing and all that. Huh? Yeah. Whereas football, huh, you just go down, <laughs> put out your boots and you play. Yeah. And I enjoyed the game mm-hmm. much more. See? I enjoyed the game much more. And uh, I started football, in fact, uh, when I was 12 years old. When you say you started football, as you started playing football? Playing football, okay. yes. Playing football. At the, at the age of about 11 plus, 12. Mm-hmm. And then I went to secondary school. But meanwhile, I was staying in uh, Serangoon Road, off St. George's Road, you know. Okay. Which is St. Wilfred Sports Complex mm-hmm. now. Yes. They had, uh, those days the fields were belonging to the British Army. Mm. It was known as Bodka. B-O-D-C-A. Uh, it's Base Ordinance Depot Civilian Association. Okay. Right, which is St. Wilfred now, mm. complex. Okay. And um, uh, because it was just behind my house, so every evening, you know, I'll go there and play. And then there was a club there called Windsor Rovers. Windsor as in W-I-N-D-S-O-R, mm. Windsor Rovers. And uh, the the gentleman who was looking after the club was my actually mentor. He he guided me, he looked after me in a sense because my parents were against me playing football. Okay, and why is that so? Uh, because at that time, there was this, uh, the racial thing, you know, all the Sings, mm. all the Sikhs, they are more into hockey. Mm. So that is a national game for the Sikhs. Okay. <laughs> and I was playing hockey too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So to, 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 to branch out to football, to them it's like, you know, why, why are you going out of the community? Ah, okay. And that one. Number two, also because some of the Sikh, uh, what you call community, uh, I would say maybe leaders, they met up with my dad at his workplace. Mm-hmm. And they told him, he said, hockey is the national game of the Sikhs. <laughs> why is your son playing football? <laughs> but my father was good. He told them, uh, it's up to him. As mm-hmm. long as he's in sports, I'm happy. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the secondly, probably because I was the only child. So, they want to kind of like make sure that I don't get into brawls or mm-hmm. into injuries and all that. Lah. So, is it is it true that you had to almost hide the fact that you, you yes, were playing I did. football? I did. So, I want to play football in the evening. Uh, I have to find an excuse. And usually they have this business houses league mm-hmm. games or government services league game league games at the at this BODCA field, no? San Wilfred, no? They call it San Wilfred. So I said, I want to go and have a look. I want to go and watch the game, right? So, so what I do, uh, or rather what I did was, I'll bring along a handkerchief, mm-hmm. okay? And then I'll go to the field, uh, I'll take off my shirt, okay? Half naked. <laughs> and then we play. Okay. Two sides, you know? This is uh, a league game. No, 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 friendly. No, just for fun. Among friends, okay. lah, you know. Uh, kampung <laughs> you were playing bare-bodied in a league <laughs> No, 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 no. But those days, it was a, it's a kind of norm, you know. People go there, just take off the shirt. Uh, then we play. I yeah. mean, now you have the luxury of buying jerseys and all. Yes. <laughs> uh, training gear, you know, Nike and all. Yeah. Those days, <laughs> right? Uh, and then, uh, next to my my house is an Indian barber shop. Okay. Right? So the barber shop is air-conditioned. Mm. So what I'll do is, I'll wipe with a handkerchief. I'll come into the barber shop, <laughs> dry up myself, and then I go. Uh, to make it seem like you never, never yeah, played. I just went to watch the game. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. And did that work? It worked for a couple of months. <laughs> but the house, the handkerchiefs, all disappearing one <laughs> because I cannot bring it back. Yes. Right? Because you to soaked. dispose it. Yeah. <laughs> so one day, I didn't know, my dad went to see a game. <laughs> okay. And he saw me playing. <laughs> and I didn't see him. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So came back, normal rigmarole. <laughs> I came back, normal routine. And then my mother asked me, so how was the game? First time, huh? she don't bother. <laughs> but this time she asked me, how was the game? I said, yeah, good. Who won? <laughs> I smell something already. How can she ask me who won? And you know what? I gave the wrong, uh, wrong, wrong team and wrong score. <laughs> my, <And> mother, <laughs> my mother took out the rotan. I said, huh? how come you always come back dry? Now I know why my handkerchiefs are always missing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been found out. Yeah. So, so uh, where were the handkerchiefs? You threw, threw them away. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I was grounded. Right. Meanwhile, my mentor, the late Mr. G.P. Supaya, not the referee Supaya. Mm-hmm. Referee Supaya is George Supaya. Yep. This one is G.P. Supaya. Okay. Uh, he he saw that I, I, I was not coming. So he asked me, what am I saying? I'm grounded. I cannot. So he came and he spoke with my parents. Wow, okay. And he said, I personally will take responsibility for him. Then my parents relented. Then, so I started training. And uh, I, I picked up the game quite fast. I was in the national youth team. Uh, and then, uh, the interesting thing is, uh, I was, I think, those days, the youth team was under 20. Okay. So at, uh, I think 17 years old, I got a chance to go for the trials. And normally they will select say twenty players or twenty two players for 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 the trip for the trip, huh? and 
I'm always the last two to be dropped. <laughs> you know, two years. But I persevered. Huh? The third year, I got into the team. And uh, I also was the captain of the national youth team. Nice, okay. Yeah. So that's perseverance. Mm. Because I love the game so much. I never give up. W- were you aware of your abilities at the time? Uh, would you say it was better than the people of your age? Or do you think that uh, it's something that you continuously needed to work on at that time? Okay. Now, the trainings were not scientific. Okay. It was based basically on your own ability mm. and, and your own uh, prowess. Lah. Okay? So, if you play with your heart and if you really put in your effort, like, even though I'm having fever, I will still go down and play. Mm. Because I love the game so much. Even if it rains, I will still go down and play. Because I love it. I love the game. So that helps, you know. And of course, we also had some trainings. Uh, some of the coaches, they they bring in some methods huh? where maybe they got somewhere. So we we, we, we harness on it. We we try and improve ourselves. Huh? Nice. And and one thing that I wanted to ask you ever since, uh, you know, we, we knew that you were coming is, I, I read up on how you were actually part of the pioneer batch of uh, NS recruits at that time. So, uh, could you just tell us about how how that came about? You know, I mean, I'm sure uh, when it was announced that you know national service is going to start, uh, were you aware that you will be part of the pioneer batch? And and how did you you enlist and the whole process? How was it like? No, oh, okay. Uh, in fact, I think when we came out of Malaysia, okay, then the government announced that they're going to have, I don't know, ten percent or twenty percent of the youths to be enlisted mm. into the army. Well, I, I I was happy with that because I don't mind, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I was in the first batch uh, of national servicemen. Uh, they had a big send-off party at the community center. Mm-hmm. We were given medals, you know, medallions and all that, put into the truck and we brought. Then we realized what is life. <laughs> <laughs> Back then it wasn't, it wasn't two years, right? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. And I think the first six months, we couldn't come back. Or three months or six months. Couldn't come back at all? I think three months. So okay. the confinement... Yeah. Three months, three months wow. Yeah. And then there I was complaining about weeks. my two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks I uh, cannot tahan. <laughs> yeah. and, and then the good thing was, you know when we... Because we were the first batch, right? Uh-huh. So after one month, uh, some MPs wanted to come and visit us. Mm-hmm. So the night before, our OC called us all in. Anyone here, any problems? If you got a problem, better tell us now. Tomorrow, if they ask any problem, you, you say something, don't forget. Six months, you are with us. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, when the MPs mm-hmm. came and they said, oh, was everything? oh everything good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we learned. This is the way it is. Huh? Yes, yes. Right? Uh, discipline. Huh? Discipline. So I think Ami taught me a lot how to be self-reliant because those days we have to uh, iron our own clothes Mm-hmm. And we have to put starch, you know. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, you have to polish your boots, you know. Wow. Even our, our what do you call, tray, our, uh, what, what, what do you call that? Uh, mastins. Mm-hmm. After eating, you got to start to clean, polish and all that. Polish? Not just clean? No, polish. <laughs> they give you brasso. Wow. Uh, that was really tough. And then when they have bed, you know, inspection and all that. Mm. Huh? 
they'll come and check the boots and all that. Not good, they just throw. And then you have to run down, take it up, you know. But it was good because that really hardened us. And we really, you know, from boys we became men, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I think the army helped me also uh, to become a better coach. A better coach? Yes. Why, why so? Because I emphasize a lot on discipline, mm-hmm. teamwork. The army taught me that. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, when I was national coach, um, every morning before we, we start our training, we'll raise the flag and sing the national anthem. Every, before every training session? Before every training session in the morning. Right? For yourself, what was the purpose of doing that? To instill into the boys the pride. Mm-hmm. Right? And the honor to play for the country and to play all out. Okay, the captain will raise the flag. How young was the captain? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, then I think uh, it was Malik who, who, who you know, we formed the army in, in two files. Mm. You know, and then sing the national anthem. And we normally have two training sessions, one in the morning, one in the evening. And mind you, uh, the players, they had their own jobs. Yes. Primary jobs. So morning they will train and then they go to work. After work, they come back for training. Then they go back. And night, we finish about nine o'clock. So you can imagine next morning, seven, we start training again. Mm. That was the type of commitment that the players of yesteryears gave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we played good teams and we had good results. I don't know whether you 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 know this. We beat Bayern Munich here, you know. Oh, really? Wow. I, I, I never knew that. You yes. Knew that? No, I, I, we beat Bayern Munich with that? who? Karl Heinz, Rummenigge, uh, Paul Breitner, all mm. the stars. They were professionals and we were amateur team. Mm. We beat them 2-1. The only thing is I had two guest players. Zainal Abidin from Malaysia, Malaysia. and Sochinan. Right? The rest of all Singaporeans. Uh, Ao Yong scored the first goal. Then they equalized. And then uh, Zainal Abidin scored the winning goal. 2-1. Wow. You can check the... Record. Yeah. Right? So you see, it is this that drives a person, you know. It's coming from inside. Like the late Uncle Chu. Mm-hmm. I was also with him. I mean, I was also uh, coached by him. He used to say, Smangat macam api, you know. Uh, fire in your belly. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether it is applicable nowadays. Mm. <laughs> I can't say that. At okay. the time, did there was there any were there any players that did not um maybe did not conform to whatever that you that you asked them to like like the the national anthem or this <coughs> regimentation if you can call it that no national anthem everybody participates even trainings mm. my attendances were hundred percent if not at least ninety plus percent mm-hmm. if they are absent there is a reason mm. because either they are not released from work or they have done extra work or they may be a bit late or maybe you know some family matter but attendance regular very good okay. yeah. we, we'll, we'll get back into his whole coaching life yeah. maybe a bit later on uh, more about you as a player back then now how was life like as a player uh, you got called up to the national team as a, as a player as well so how does that work you know I mean what, what, what kind of clubs or what kind of leagues were you playing in at that time and then uh, you know who gave you the call up who were some of the teammates that you had as a national player Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, I I was a rookie uh, and the players that I had as my teammates, some of them are no longer. Mm-hmm. 
like Kim Song's uh, elder brothers, Kim Sia, Kim Sui, you know, and uh, Kim Lai is still around, yeah. And then uh, Matthew Chin, Samad Abdullah, Hussein Abdullah, uh, Li Teng Yi. Uh, I know some of the names you all won't know. Freddie yeah. Chu, uh, Li Wa Chin, you know. Uh, these are the senior players. But at that time, uh, we have a lot of clubs also based on uh, races. Okay. Right. For example, the the Indians, they got the Rajaji, Indian Brotherhood, Tamil Brotherhood, you know, uh, all these kind of names. Mm-hmm. And then the Malays, they have Bintang Bulan, Kampong Kapo, Stable Boys. <laughs> and then the Chinese, they have the Chinese Athletic, Haikau Yu, mm-hmm. you know. And all the games are basically played at Verapak. Verapak, yes. The famous right. Verapak. Was and Singapore Malay a, a, a team back then? Was, was it already a team? Uh, no, did not, we did not have the Gold Cup yet. Oh. The Sultan's Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. But I think later on, there was a Sultan's Gold Cup. Then the Indians had the Bardan Cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. uh, and uh, what do you call? Um, like I said, Ferapak, then the evening was like a fiesta. You know, the crowds, the teams playing. And then after that, all the hawker stalls uh, along that, that, that. I don't know what road is it now. I forgot. Rutland Road or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? is, is it fair to say that uh, at that time, uh, this era that you're mentioning, was it uh, Singapore that was very divided in terms of uh, the various racial groups or, or no? Uh, surprisingly, no. No? No. Okay. We actually had this kampung spirit. Mm. On the field, even you can be my brother, right? if you are an opponent, I treat you like an opponent. Mm. But off the field, we are all friends. Mm. Uh, okay. That's the spirit that we had. Uh, and I think that was really good. As a as a player back then, you know, when you were having uh training sessions, because I'm sure over the years, uh, as you became a coach and then as an educator, uh, uh, after that, how different were training sessions back then? Because now, you know, uh, when I go and observe a training session, for example, we see like things like rondos, a lot of uh positional pattern play and all. At that time, as a as a when you were a player, how was training like? Oh, very simple. <laughs> you come down, you change. 10 rounds, 15 rounds. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, shooting practice. After that, play two sides. Oh, so it's very simple. Simple. Okay. All right. Because as I said, not scientific yet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So one is fitness lah because you run 10 rounds, 20 rounds. But of course, today, you you realize that it doesn't uh, relate to the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Because that is very cyclic, rhythmic. Yep. Right. It is for more for marathoners. In football, you don't do that, right? Yeah. That kind of running. Your body gets used to it. Right? Today, we are short. Uh, you have to stop. You have to accelerate. Mm-hmm. You run backwards, you know? So, the trainings have changed. Uh, and then, uh, like, like like I said earlier, <clears throat> at that time, it was all basically based on the individuals. Today, it's teamwork. So, that's why tactics come in already. Yes. Right? So, so is it uh, fair to say there was no such thing as tactics when you were playing? Not really. Because if you look at the formations, at that time, we were playing with WM. WM. WM system. All right. We have a left back, right back, center half, right half, left half, inside right, outside right, mm. inside left, center forward. The positions were different. Okay. All right. So, tactically, I think unless in, in, in England, because England was number one, eh? yes. those days, probably they use, but 
locally it was more on the individual mm-hmm. who contributes to the to the success of the team so while you were playing football i also understand you were still a regular in the army uh i started playing that time i wasn't a regular was after it i became a regular yes okay uh, when i was regular i in i think 70s i went to england mm-hmm. with the national team wow okay uh, we went for training with arsenal and chelsea and we played a few games like against watford and all that when we were in england we had home stay mm-hmm. so we get a, a little bit of this english life nice nice you know how how, how they they operate in their homes mm-hmm. in the day nice nice and one thing that we have to ask you know at that time as a player you know what do you get as a player because right now uh one question that people always like to ask is how much do you get you know uh, yeah. what do you get for playing Uh, would you like to tell us what you got for playing yeah. for Singapore? Peanuts. Yes. <laughs> peanuts or nothing? No, no, peanuts. peanuts. We, we do get. <laughs> uh, we do get. Uh, one training session, maybe $5 or maybe even $2. But that time, mm. quite big. Huh? Mm. In that time. Huh? But mm. of course, still nothing lah, you know, compared to what you can get. And yes. you can't earn a living through football. Mm. You got your own jobs. Right? Right? So everyone who was playing football had their own jobs. Everyone. Yes. Everyone. Yeah. So what if you won a tournament? How much you? Maybe. Uh, okay. Later on, they improved. Uh, one training session was twelve dollars. Mm-hmm. If you win a game, is about twenty five dollars. This really peanuts. <laughs> really peanuts. <laughs> yeah, and uh, of course, uh, like we mentioned in the intro, at age twenty nine, you got your first assignment as a Singapore national team coach. And you went on to live the 1980 Malaysia Cup as well as the two Sea Games silver medals. Yeah. How did your journey into uh, coaching begin? Is it something that you already had in mind when you were a player, or mm. is circumstantial? Okay, I think one other thing that uh, mostly, uh, you know, uh, they missed out is the pre-Olympic Asia qualifying group three. Mm-hmm. We had North Korea; they were mm-hmm. the giants then in Asia. Mm-hmm. North Korea, China, India, Sri Lanka, Iran. Mm. Oh, Iran. Okay. Okay. It was held in Singapore, also in 1980, mm-hmm. in February, and uh, we beat all of them except Iran. Wow, this quite a feat. Yeah. Yeah, we beat North Korea, three mm-hmm. one, and they were the giants in Asia. Mm. We beat China, we beat India, we beat Sri Lanka. We only lost to Iran. Iran won one class above us, lah. Mm-hmm. And then we almost made it to the Olympics. Because Iran withdrew because in Moscow, right? Yes. So there was this political thing, lah. Mm-hmm. So Iran didn't want to go, so we were runners up. So we were given the mm. the privilege, but our government also turned down. Ah. So we also didn't go. Ah. So I think that also one that people normally don't talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think that is also a feat. A feat, yeah. yes, because definitely. Because we were amateurs, mm-hmm. right? So so how did your journey into coaching begin? I mean, Sorry, it's not. It's something that shouldn't be lost in our history books. Right? Yeah, I mean, something which, which is why I said, like at the at the start of the show, that uh, we don't know much about our our pioneers. Yeah. It's not it's not talked about as often as it should yeah. be. I mean, we do know, but it's not like things like this. Exactly. That we don't, and don't, in this current day and age, if we were we don't know. We, if we were on the cast of qualifying for the Olympics, it would be such a uh, it would be page one yeah. news. You know, but we don't <laughs> yeah. even. I I I'm not afraid to to say I didn't know about this yeah. until uh, Mr. Jita right. shared with us. Yeah. That's why I always say, you know, mm. uh, I mean, I tell all my friends, huh, whenever they go, I say, you always talk about the Malaysia Cup, Sea Games. Yeah. Hey, you I know mean, that pre-Olympics, huh? 
we also did well. It annoys me, you know, actually, when you just talk about Malaysia Cup. I mean, our history, I, I know it. it's more than just Malaysia Cup. Yes. Yeah. And it's nice to know that. Actually, actually because I cannot recollect all. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look back, right, if you can Google or whatever, mm-hmm. even the visiting teams, uh, the European teams, we've beaten them or we drew with them, you know. Yeah, like you mentioned earlier, Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, I mean, we were no pushovers. Don't forget, they are professionals, we are not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yet we can handle, I mean, we can. Right? So, uh, this is something, of course, la, memory very short. La. <laughs> yes. People only remember you by the last game. Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. Right? <laughs> uh, but if you Google and check again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you'll find all this. Nice. Uh. So, yeah, at age 29, how, how do you become a coach In of fact, Singapore? See, what happened was, uh, whilst playing uh, towards the tail end, uh, uh, I decided to take up refereeing. Okay. Right. Uh, so I became a referee, qualified referee. And my uh, last uh, position was class one. I had a class one referee uh, certification. But then, not being racist, huh? then when I look around the refereeing circle, huh? there are a lot of Sikhs. Mm. You know, very good referees. Huh? Mm. H.S. Lumba, H.S. Dillon, and all this. Then I look at the coaching side. No one. So I said, okay lah. I will take coaching. Right? And then so I, I, I attended the courses. And then also I did well in the courses. And I like coaching more than refereeing. Refereeing actually, to me, was very simple. Because I played the game. Mm-hmm. I know the laws. Mm. And I just interpret on the field. Yes. Quite simple. Whereas, coaching, you got to use your brains. Mm-hmm. The tactics, how you deal with people, mm. you know, not all are alike. The, the 20 odd boys or 25 boys that you have, each has their own mentality. So it's a bigger challenge. And I like challenges. And uh, that's the reason why uh, I said, okay, I'll take up coaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, we had uh, our technical advisor, they call it advisor then, uh, Trevor Hartley. Trevor Hartley. Uh, he has set a legacy. La. Trevor Hartley introduced the Milo School. Mm. Right? If you, people still talk about the Milo School. Yeah. Yes. And he also uh, conducted courses where most of the senior coaches have attended, including myself. Right? I think most of them, like, even Siak Boliong, Winsen Subramanian, Siwajin, everyone has attended his coaching course. And uh, I did quite well. And then I was given the second national team called Intermediate. Mm-hmm. It's like a B team? It's like a Young Lions. La. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Something like Young Lions. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was looking after that team. And uh, uh, we were we were sent to King's Cup in Thailand mm-hmm. for a tournament. And we were the second team. Thailand had the first team. Malaysia had the first team. And Malaysia was in our group. So in the preliminary round, we beat Malaysia. Malaysia had uh, Sochinan, Moktadari, Arumugamundol, the stars. And I was the second team. Who were some of the players you had at the time? Surya Murthy, Tangbun, mm. Javri Lazaru. Mm. All young young at the time. Yes. yes. They were all, all rookies also in mm-hmm. that sense. Huh? Because our senior team was so good. Yes. Senior team had Dola Kasim, Raja Gopal, Kim Song, mm. Eric Payne, you know. All those guys. I had goalkeeper Lim Chuping. And David Lee was a rookie. 
David he grew up with me lah. Mm-hmm. I brought him in. So um, so we we were young team and we beat Malaysia in the preliminary round. And in the semi-finals, we beat the Thai national team. Wow. Okay. But on penalties lah. Mm-hmm. And that also because Chupeng got injured. He mm-hmm. broke. I mean, he he fractured his hairline hairline fracture on his wrist. In in comparison, that's basically. Uh, young lions now beating the Thai national mm. team, yeah. which is a big feat. Yeah, All right. So maybe that is also a reason why they they uh, what looked up to me as the national coach. Mm-hmm. Who was the national coach at the time? Uh, I took over from Trevor Hartley. You took over from okay, but Trevor Hartley took over from Sebastian Yap. Mm. Okay. Uh, so what happened was, uh, we went into the finals. To meet Malaysia again, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, my first choice goalkeeper Lim Chuping, because of the fracture, mm-hmm. he couldn't play lah. So David came in, yeah, and uh, we lost. Mm-hmm. So, but it was a achievement, you know. And even in Singapore, uh, we were known as the Cups. If you can go and trace back, ah, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a new nation. Those days was new nation. New nation. Yeah, Jeffrey Lau Road and all that. Mm-hmm. They call us the Cups. C U B S. Right, even with the national team, they can hardly beat us. Wow, that was how good we were. <laughs> so that that basically earned you the the job with the national team. Yes, I think so, lah. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> it has know. to be. <laughs> uh, and also maybe because there was another another reason could be, uh, the Lion City Cup. Okay, Lion City Cup is under 16, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lion City Cup, last minute, uh, Thailand pulled out. Tomorrow is the opening, and Thailand was supposed to play Penang. And then today they say they can't come, mm-hmm. so Singapore had to put up a third team because they already have two teams. So they had to put up a third team, right? And uh, I actually was on I was in the army, but I took leave because my son had to go for some surgery, mm-hmm. right? I have a wonderful wife; she looked after. If without <laughs> her, cannot. So what happened was. Uh, Suddenly, out of the blue, they said I should be the coach of the team. Mm. At night, nine o'clock, they came to me. Said council meeting. They just decided you are the coach of this Lion City C team. So I, I, I said, I don't even know the boys, and we are playing tomorrow. Where are you going to get the boys? Said don't worry, that you leave it to us. So we had one Clement Joseph and John Chia. Mm-hmm. So they went to get all the boys. That night. That night. All right, and we was uh, we was staying at uh, YMCA Palmer Road. Mm-hmm. This was a time before any any kind of technology, only telephones. Eh? Only telephones, <laughs> or they had to go to the houses to <laughs> know. <laughs> and they did a fantastic job, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the last player who came for that game came to the dressing room uh, about forty forty five minutes before the game started. Can you imagine? So I had no, I don't know the players, mm. the players who they managed to assemble. The next morning I met them, so I had to motivate them, inspire them, prepare them psychologically for the match, right? Mm. So <clears throat> the good thing was, from that team, K Kanan emerged. Otherwise, K Kanan would not have been the national team mm. because he was dropped out from the two teams. Yeah. They had Lion City A, B. We were the C team. And we were grouped together with the B team. Mm-hmm. We beat the B team. We were group champions. Mm-hmm. 
That's why I call me the man with the Midas touch. Yes. <laughs> Which was uh, something that uh, Mr. Ganesan actually said. Yes. Yep. So, uh, I think that also contributed to their confidence uh, in me taking over from Trevor Hartley. Mm-hmm. But what did you tell the players before the game? Which one? The, 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 on the first day you met them that morning. Okay, I said, firstly, you know, you're wearing this jersey, you're representing the nation. Okay? You give your hearts out. I mean, I, I use words which are maybe not so good. La. <laughs> I say, yeah. if you die on the field, you die. La. <laughs> you play for the country, you know. It's like going to war. Yeah. All right? I know we have not met each other. I mean, we have not. You all have been training because you were dropped one. Right? Yeah. So you know each other maybe better than I know you guys. Mm. Right? And uh, first game was Penang. And we beat Penang. Mm. Opening game, we beat Penang. But my boys were falling like 10 pins. Not fit. <laughs> because the women you are dropped, they all went back. Some went to work. Some, you know, gave up and all that. Then suddenly you are recalled. <laughs> mm. Right? But we did well. Uh, we reached semi-finals. Then the semi-finals, uh, they played against Langor. And uh, we lost in the semi-finals. But again, uh, it was, I think, a good achievement for the boys. Mm. So, so basically all these uh, different stints at the time earned you the, the national team. Probably, yes. Job. I would think so. Mm-hmm. Even then, uh, they, they had uh, two other coaches who were uh, understudying Trevor Hartley in the Malaysia Cup because they were supposed to take over mm-hmm. the national team from him. Mm-hmm. But after the, after the season, when they asked them, both said they're not ready. So me, without even asking me whether I'm ready or not, I was having a nice uh, uh, normal, uh, you know, you know this uh, uh, Whitley Road uh, flyover? Mm-hmm. Before, below was the hawker center, you know. Mm. Uh, so I was having my, my, my with my friends, la, maca and drinks and all that. La. Suddenly, I see the, the what do you call, newspaper reporters and the, and the photographers coming Started taking my pictures. Hey, hello, hello. What's happening? <laughs> Say, congratulations. For what? Say, council meeting. They just decided that you are the our next national coach. I said, what? <laughs> How come I wasn't informed or I wasn't asked? How did they know that you were there <laughs> in the first place? I think they went to the house. Huh? Oh, okay. They went to the house and they said, that's my normal horn. Mm-hmm. After training, what? I'll go to their hawker how, center. How do you feel at that time? And also, one important question I have is, you were 29, correct? When, when you were yeah. named as a coach, um, what was the reaction from like players, from, from the media? Because is it something very weird? I mean, right now, if a 29-year-old becomes a head coach of a national team, to us, it's still absurd. Mm-hmm. At that time, how was the whole landscape? Well, actually, uh, you see, the players that I'm going to handle were my peers. We were playing together. Mm. Like all of us now in the same team. Suddenly, I become your coach. Yeah. Right? So initially, uh, I'm not saying they, I cannot say lah. Mm-hmm. For whatever reasons, uh, they were not available. Mm. I got work lah. Mm. My grandmother sick lah. This lah. So they pulled out. Oh. All right? But I had my intermediate team. Yes. The team that you were, you had before. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right? So I persevered with them. And uh, we did well. Because my first assignment was the SEA Games in uh, Jakarta. Mm. And if you trace back, Jeffrey Rao wrote that this team will come back with zero points. 
<laughs> because we had that time was known as Burma now Burma, it's Myanmar yes. mm. defending champions were in our group mm-hmm. and then we also I think we had uh, Malaysia or Thailand something like that lah. so he said we'll come back zero why because we didn't have senior players right the only player I recall was Arshad Kamis the late Arshad Kamis I think and maybe Edmund that's mm-hmm. all the rest were all my my own intermediate a boys. very young team basically yes mm-hmm. and we beat Myanmar massive achievement at the time we came back four points mm-hmm. <laughs> not zero points <laughs> not zero points <laughs> okay yes so then after that then went on to the Malaysia Cup the pre-Olympic and all mm-hmm. that right so when I first took over obviously um, there was some resentment uh, from the senior boys because mm-hmm. they were household names I'm not mm. and suddenly I now become their coach but then you know Uh, it doesn't mean that you, if you are a good player, you will be a good coach. Right? Even the late Uncle Chu, uh, as a player, he was not renowned, but as a coach, yes, he was. Mm. Even in Europe, same. So, uh, when I was successful, then the senior players wanted to come back. So, I laid my cards on the deck. <laughs> I said, now, I'm the coach, you're my player, I call the shots. If you're willing, you are in the team. If you're not, so be it. Mm-hmm. Because we already got a ready-made team. Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah. so uh, another assignment that you had at the time was the 1980 Malaysia Cup, uh, which you which you led the, the Lions to victory in. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've read, uh, there was a player by the name of Fandi Ahmad who was uh, in the squad at that time. Or is that true? Is that, was he 17 or 16? A very young boy at the time. Yeah, I think uh, he was maybe 17. 17, I think maybe 16 plus 17. Mm-hmm. I think he came to the squad. I think he came in at 17 years old, right? Mm. So at, at the time, do you already know that this boy is going to go on to become a, one of the yeah, greatest yeah. icons in, in, in Singapore? Well, we see he, he's, uh, he's uh, what do you call, very talented. Mm-hmm. You okay. knew he was talented the moment yeah, you saw Because him. why? We had the Line City Cup. Yes. And he was already a star there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? He, Razali Alias, and you know, the group there. So, yeah, we saw the talent in him. Uh, I mean, sometimes people ask me, uh, who is better, Sundramurthy or Fandi Ahmad? And I said, you can't compare. Each got their own strengths and weaknesses, right? Likewise, uh, Fandi, I think he, he did well. And then the exposure which he got going overseas, mm-hmm. I think helped him a lot. Yes. Were there other players in the in the 1918 Malaysia Cup squad that you like to highlight? Well, I think Aoyong Pakon was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the captain of the team. Uh, Terry Padmanathan. Terry even, even, even Surya Murthy for that matter. Mm-hmm. Right? And then uh, we had several even, I mean, I would say most of the boys, they were young. Ha- Hashimosni. Right? Uh, they were good. They contributed, they complemented the team lah with their own strengths. Because we always work on your weakness, maybe his strength. Mm. Likewise, you know. Mm-hmm. So we gel that together to make it a good team. Nice. Um, I'm sure you you know of uh, young coaches right now in the game. Uh, coaches like Mr. Gavin Lee, uh, Adil Shari and Kada. Uh, based on your experience uh, as a coach, as a young coach at that time, what uh, advice would you give to young coaches who 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 are in the game right now? Well, 
now the game is very scientific. So they have to keep abreast with the developments. Okay? But I think in coaching, you must have the X factor. What is it? One, I think you must have an eye, a critical eye to see mistakes and then the solutions for the mistake. Right? Now, the generation is such that you say something, it better be right because they can Google and check whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, that's one thing. So you have to keep with that. Okay? And I mean, during my, my courses, I used to tell the coaches, if you're not sure of an answer, you just say, I'm not sure of it. I'll check and get back to you. Don't bluff your way through. Because eventually when you are found out, then you will lose your, 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 your standing mm -hmm. as a coach. Right? Yep. But I think they are doing well. Mm -hmm. uh, Ideal did very well in, uh, in Kedah. Yes. I think Gavin is doing a good job. Mm -hmm. right? And I think he's also quite qualified uh, scientifically mm -hmm. to handle a team. But at the end of the day, it's still a boys. They can make or break you. So how you handle them? And and of course, from a coach, uh, the next step that you took, uh, which came uh, in 20, 2007 was uh, you became the head of grassroots development and you spent seven years devoting your time and efforts to reform and enhance the youth development structure in Singapore football. Uh, let's let's get into the challenges that you faced at that time. Mm. Uh, what were some things that you, you found tough? Interference from... Uh, parents okay uh, releases from schools mm. okay I will elaborate now see every parent wants a child to be like Fandi Ahmad <laughs> okay and I keep telling them Fandi is Fandi your son is your son mm. okay Fandi hasn't got the talent of your son likewise your son cannot have the talent of Fandi Ahmad okay what we can do is develop his talents so leave it to the coaches we come to a stage where, okay, it wasn't my team. Uh, the sports school, uh, uh, they, 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 they told me this. The sports school team, all right, if the son is not fielded or the son is fielded, say, um, less than another player, say your son plays 30 minutes and my son only plays 15 minutes. After the game, I will question the coach. How come my son played 15 minutes and his son played 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. See, that kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. See, after all, we are paying the same, same uh, what do you call, mm. uh, fees yeah. to the school. See, the parents fail to realize that. Right? And then, so that's one challenge. There was one instant when I went down to sports school to have a look at the, at the players. There were two factions. One group of parents who are the first 11. Another group, the reserves. Mm. And both, you know, these parents, are they have small, like, bringing kueh kueh and tea and coffee and all that. La. So I, when I happened to come in, so they invited me. La. So when I was having a bit of coffee, then look around, hey, there's another group. So I felt I had to go there also. Mm -hmm. Got to be political. La. Yes. <laughs> so I went across. And to my surprise, you know, they were sarcastic. So how? Your coffee better. Mm. So you see the mindset of the parents? Yes, yes. I say, why? What's wrong? See, no, they're all first 11 what? See, so that is what I say. Mm. Parents interference in that sense. Mm. Right? They just want their son. But you have technical people. 
leave it to the technical people lah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Then the schools. Mm-hmm. Schools give us a lot of support, no doubt. Even when I when I was looking after the junior C, I had 10 centers, mm-hmm. all schools. And the principal were very supportive. But I cannot blame the principals because at that time, the schools were ranked. Right? Every school is ranked. Huh? Mm-hmm. Right? And um, what happened is, or what happened was, um, the school tournament starts from January, runs through to maybe June, sometimes until maybe July. Depending on huh, if it rain and all that. So, during that period, if we have any tournaments, the schools are quite reluctant to release. Mm. Because they say, hey, look, because they have this, uh, what, D, uh, uh, some DUS or something that, you know, not based on your academic. DSA. Huh? DSA, direct, direct school admission. Ah, yeah. Something like that. So he said, these boys came in because of that, what? So now if the school tournament is on, they have to play for the school. Mm-hmm. That is priority, what? Mm. Right. And then, of course, the school is also ranked. So that was a challenge for us. Okay. Uh, and of course, I think the other, the other point is, each time we have a new technical director, he's here for maybe three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. When he leaves, the new one comes, right? He will start his own. It's back to square one. So there's no continuity. Mm-hmm. I think that is also another challenge. Yep. When, when people talk about Singapore football and, and, and its current standing now, uh, there are a lot of factors that people talk about. But in your opinion, uh, what has led to the the quality, not, I wouldn't say quality, but why is our, our football in this country at this state it is now? Do you think there's a specific reason in your opinion? I think, a uh, reason? yeah, I think firstly the priorities. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, for this, I, I support fully. Mm-hmm. Our priorities would be defense and education. Yep. Because we have no resources, natural mm-hmm. resources, mm-hmm. Right? unlike our neighbors. So priority must be given to these two, right? And I think also there are less playing fields lah, as compared to when we were growing up. Now you you find it quite difficult. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to train outside, it's also uh, quite expensive. You've got to pay to, to book a facility. Yeah, yeah. and all that. Huh? And, uh, and also maybe because as we grow, uh, our priorities also shifted personal priorities, right? Uh, and then we, our lifestyle changes also, right? Now, for example, if you do NS, after NS, why else you are in NS, maybe you pick up something else, then football becomes secondary already, mm. right? Or, even if you're interested, after your national service thing, you come out, then you have to do damage control again. Mm. And then you cannot go back age-wise, right? Uh, so all that could be could be the factors but on the other hand I think how much can you earn as a footballer as compared to you study at least there's a there's a what they call guarantee Mm -hmm. kind of thing right footballers today your lifespan I don't think is that long and how much do they pay you right at least in Singapore not, not so bad it's under control look at Kedah yeah. Five, six months without salaries. Yes, exactly. Mm. Right? How? It's a problem. Yeah, especially in this region, you would say. Yeah. And in those days, right, most of the footballers, they were employed by companies who were into football. Mm. Mm. So, not so bad. But today, you are a professional footballer. 
If you injure yourself, what happens? Or if you lose form, then what happens? Mm-hmm. Or your club uh, folds, closes, yeah. folds, then what happens? You have to look for alternatives. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I think parents are also not so keen eh, in supporting the children to play football. So so what steps would you say uh, are needed to revive football in Singapore? Because in this last, last week, we've had uh, articles which uh, say we should go back into Malaysia football. Do you think that's an avenue or, or do you think there's something else that needs to be done? Personally, I feel that's not the way. Going back to Malaysia Cup, how will it help us? We are an international team. Mm-hmm. Malaysia Cup is for states. Mm-hmm. It's not their national team. The states will benefit. How are we going to benefit? Because we are going to play against national teams. Yes. Right? Playing in a state tournament. Unless you send a, a second stringer or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to gain experience and from there move on to play for the national team. Maybe it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But to send your national team, right, I think the fervor is gone. It doesn't mean that today you go into Malaysia, you'll get 50, 60,000 people. Mm. I don't think so. Okay. Right? So, at the most, maybe you get Jalan Basar Stadium field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, I think, is not worth it. Yes. Mm. So, what are the ways that we can look at to, you know, revive the, the football here? Personally, I find it quite tough because firstly, you must have the resources, financial resources, number one. The clubs, they must have proper youth development programs, mm. proper youth development teams. Today, Sports SG is looking after the the, the development mm-hmm. mostly, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. How many of the clubs really do have their own Mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, Lion City sailors yeah. yeah okay because they have the money mm. right so that that's a big challenge mm-hmm. unlike oh, sorry unless there is a kind of a fusion between Sports SG um, the, the, the schemes they have now mm-hmm. alright amalgamate with the clubs in that area mm. okay alright so there, 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 there is some what pathway basically yeah, that mm-hmm. there's togetherness. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than Sport SG running their own and then the clubs are without. Why? Because financially they can't afford or something like that, maybe. Right? We should all work for one, with one direction, one mm-hmm. angle. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we are winding down to the, to the end of the podcast. Uh, of course, uh, so can, may I know how old you are now? Minus public holidays, Saturdays, Sundays <laughs> and all that. I'm Sweet 16. <laughs> no la, I must be honest la. Yeah. Uh, 17 la. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 71 now. 71. Uh, the question I want to ask, you know, from your whole life, uh, since you were a child, uh, you, you spoke about how you had to hide uh, football from your parents and all, to now at 71, you've been involved with football all the way throughout your life. 50 over uh, years. Exactly, yeah, 50 over years. From a player to a coach to an educator to a consultant right now. It's a very broad question, but what is it about football? What is it about that game that has convinced you to spend so much of your time, your career, and your life with the sport? Okay. Uh, well, number one is the love. And I, I love the game so much. My passion for the game and the pride when you are involved at a national level, you're representing Singapore in whatever, even as an educator, when I go out to, to teach, right? Where are you from? Singapore. You know, right? And uh, even uh, for the record, 
I was the first national serviceman to play for the Safsa team. Mm. The first Safsa team were made up of regulars who were hockey players or uh, badminton players, you know, that kind of thing. And except for two or three, Hussein Aljunay was a regular then, the late Hussein Aljunay. Mm. And then there was another Barum Saleh, I think. And these were the regulars. So I was the first national serviceman also, mm. you know, to play for Safsa. So all this gives me the, the, the kind of, uh, not the motivation, it inspires me that the game, the game has brought me uh, to where I am and to see places mm -hmm. because it'll cost me a bomb <laughs> if I were to, you know, I've been to almost every part of the world, mm -hmm. met so many uh, legends and saw so many good games, met up with a lot of good people, made a lot of friends. It's all because of this one game called football. Mm -hmm. Nice. Great answer there. Uh, before we wrap things up, we have the rapid fire round powered by Active Fit. Five questions that we'll need an immediate answer to. Uh, let's start it off with the first question, which is, who is the best player they have ever coached? I cannot say, because to be fair, all the players who I coached were good players. Because they became better. Mm, but is there one that stands out? No. I wouldn't want to say anything. <laughs> Very politically correct answer there. Uh, second question is, three qualities that a successful coach needs? Integrity, discipline, and uh, uh, the, the friendliness. Friendliness, okay. Yeah. Approachable, you know? Mm. Mm. The third question, one regret you have in your career? One regret, huh? The regret, I think, uh, would be seeing football where it is today. Mm. Mm. You you wish you could have done more? Yes. Okay, fair. Okay. The fourth question. A current Singaporean player who you have high hopes for? At the moment, I think it's only Hari Saron. Mm -hmm. mm. I cannot think of anybody else. <laughs> okay. okay, again, fair enough. <laughs> uh, my last question is, what is your wish for Singapore football? I wish that we can go back to times when uh, we get the whole crowd, right? all Singaporeans to come in as one people, mm. which is missing now, yeah. I feel. Right? Because football is the only game which can unify the nation. Right? Yeah. I give one example. Uh, during the Youth Olympics in Singapore, Yes. We had the first youth, youth Olympics. Mm -hmm. All right. My hair all stood because you, you were part of the coaching team with uh, I was the manager. Yes. Kariyaya was the coach. Yes. You know, without even prompting, uh, when the team walked in, uh, uh, the crowd stood up and sang Majula Singapura, you know. Where you tell me you get this instance. Mm -hmm. And these are youth boys, you know. Mm. See, people have that fervor. And you look around, it is not just one community, you know. It's Singapore, Singaporeans. Because in the team, we also had Eurasians, Chinese, Indians, Malays. It's representing Singapore. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I, I had such a good time here, you know, reminiscing good times with you uh, as, your, as, a, as a player, as a coach. Thank you so much for coming on to the my final pleasure. whistle. I hope the listeners also enjoy as much yeah. as we did. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you for inviting. <laughs> Kabir, a real trip down memory lane for mm. us, I would say. Uh, how do you feel about not today's our episode? Memories, <laughs> yeah, not our <laughs> memories, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's nice to have someone who is from the past Malaysia Cup yeah. glory days to you know tell us about those days in football. Mm. How how do you feel about this episode? 
I think the biggest thing that like that annoyed me like I said just now that was that when we we beat what Bayern Munich mm-hmm. we beat all these big teams and then this uh the one Mr. Jita Singh said about the Olympic Olympic uh, was it qualification? Yeah pre-Olympic qualifiers yeah yep. all that it's things that we didn't hear like where are all these stories from? Like mm-hmm. where 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 are all these stories now? Why are, why don't we why aren't we talking about it? Why are we still just talking about Malaysia Cup, Malaysia Cup, Malaysia Cup? Yeah. I mean, our history is so long, like it's so colorful. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why are we just talking about the usual stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, one frustration that I have from this episode is that I think that um, Mr. Jita Singh has so much to offer. Uh, the current footballing landscape. Yeah. So I think uh, it would be best if we can still somehow involve him mm. in, uh, I would even say the decision-making process because uh, let's face it, uh, it's not criticism against the current body uh, that's in place. Uh, but at the end of the day, these are lawyers. These are not former professional players, not former coaches at the top level. And someone like G- Mr. Jita Singh being in, as part of the council and all, adds so much of experience, not just as a former player, as a former coach and as a former educator in the, in the whole FAS system. So I, I really hope we, we can involve more people like Mr. Jita Singh, uh, people like him, uh, you know, who have played for the country before, who have the real know-how of, of how to develop the country's uh, youth football system mm. and, and going forward, how we can leverage on, on the experience. I really hope, you know, these people can be part of the system. But uh, it's sad to say that, you know, uh, it's probably only through interviews like this, this podcast mm. or, or maybe certain other uh, media channels that we get to hear their stories. Uh, these are people who have really have achieved so much for the nation, yeah. you know, done, done so much. So I really hope, you know, more can be done for, for, for our pioneers because we have the pioneer generation and the whole government <laughs> landscape where we Monica give them, pioneers. yeah, basically we give them good money <laughs> and stuff. In terms of football, in terms of sports, what have we yeah. done for them? I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I can't answer that question. Uh, I really hope more can be done for, for these people because uh, it shouldn't just take uh, someone's uh, passing or what for us, you know, reminisce or um, that there goes uh, X and X. You know, he yeah. played for the country uh, in this number of years. We should thank them and celebrate them while we while we still can. I mean, it's not even being done to like players that who just retired. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What 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 do you, do you think they're gonna do anything for yeah. this place that who and, have and, retired and, and, like and forty years? Yeah, ago? it's not an insult to to people who uh, who are my friends, but you know, when when I mentioned to them that uh, we're going to be having Mr. Jita Singh, nobody nobody knew who Mr. Jita Singh was. They, they said, nobody knew. Yeah, they say who. And, and, and that's the thing. Uh, I mean, I don't expect people to know exactly what he's done, but you should at least know that he's a key member yeah. of, our, of our football landscape in the yeah. past. So yeah, uh, once again, that's it for this week's episode of The Final Whistle. Do remember to follow us on our Instagram and Facebook and look out for weekly content on these platforms. Thank you and see you again next week.